Hi, this is Alana. You are listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast, and we are so glad that you joined us. Today, we're going to be talking about where busy women go to pray because I am not a mind reader, but I have a pretty good guess that most people listening are busy women and that finding time to pray and sometimes even finding a space to pray can be problematic. So before we jump into the rest of our show, we're going to open up with a word of prayer. God, thank you so much for time to slow down and just take a break from our busy lives and to just listen and and hear from you. We just pray that this discussion and just this podcast would be a blessing, would um, encourage us to take a deep breath and just make room for you. And just help us to come away with encouraging and just creative ways that we can find places and time to go pray. Amen. Amen. Our verse of the day today is Matthew 6, 6. And it says, when you go to pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And I think this is a nice picture of just a prayer closet where you go. You're not praying to be seen or heard or for anyone else as an audience, um, but God. And we need that no matter how busy we are. I just feel like we need that place. And it doesn't have to have a closed door. I mean, as busy women, we know that sometimes a closed room is not possible, especially if you have young kids or are caring for older parents or anything else that that causes you to be engaged constantly. But but there is, there's got to be that that place, that prayer closet. So we're going to talk today, I think, about some ideas of what that could look like in a, in a busy world, in a busy life. So we're just for fun. <laughs> I beat you to it. <laughs> Our just for fun question today is, where do you go to really relax? This can be like a real or fictitious place, but when you picture just what is so relaxing, what is it that you picture? I picture anywhere with water. And it doesn't have to be like a, a you know, like a, a hot sandy beach. But even like, you know, I think of the Outer Banks in the off season. Our family, sometimes we have East Coast family and sometimes we go there and we'll get like an off, um, off season house rental for the family and some friends to go and spend time together. And I just, there's something about the water. I just, I feel like... I, I don't know. It just it, it makes me feel closer to God. But really, anywhere in nature, just being outside and and somewhere to relax and just feel connected with God. Yeah. How about yeah, you? I'm similar. I have even though I grew up in California and was at the beach quite a bit. I have come now that we've been in Alaska for so long to really see myself more of a mountain kind of girl, like a beach with scary waves and lots of people doesn't sound relaxing to me, but like the quiet cabin by a little stream just sounds heavenly. Yeah. And, you know, we've gone camping this summer and that we like to go camping a lot. And there are just some beautiful places, little lakes. And it's not what you would picture as like a tropical paradise. It's cold. It's, you know, but it's so peaceful and calm. The lake, you know, early in the morning is like glass. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So today we're talking about where busy women go to pray. And we're going to focus more on where women go and less on busy women because we're going to just take for granted that most of us are busy. That's just kind of the way life is, especially if you have kids at home or if you've got a job. 
plus our, you know, managing the household. I think eventually we'll probably have episodes about finding time to pray because that's super important as well. But right now we're really talking about just carving out a space to pray. Yeah. So where is your go-to prayer closet? Like, would you say is the number one place that you, that you go to pray? I have two, and on good days, I get to have a, at least a little time in both. So one is some of the trails around our house. Like, I'm not comfortable. There's too many bears in Alaska that I don't go, like, in big wooded trails. But there's just even some neighborhoods that are, um, you know, populated by people who will hear me if I get attacked by a bear and scream. But they're, <laughs> you know, they're serene enough, and it still is foresty enough that it, it feels very much like just being on a trail, even though, like, I'm walking on gravel and sharing the road with, you know, one car that comes by every 30 minutes or something. But, you know, when I'm walking the dog, it feels very quiet and serene. And part of me would love to report that I spend that entire time in prayer, but I don't. But it still feels relaxing. It helps me to just take a break from the busyness of mom life and being an author and stuff like that. And then the other one, I just have a really comfy chair in the bedroom that I do some of my prayer journaling in, um, especially at night before bed. And that also feels just like a very quiet and relaxing place for me to be. What about you? Oh, I think I know where you go. And this is kind of funny. It's going to make people laugh. (laughs) Are you thinking that I'm thinking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the garage. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, my garage has just become my prayer closet, and I love it. It's, um, I think some of it is that, well, so I spent, a lot of our time is spent like in the kitchen and living area, which is all kind of one little area. So typically my kids are in that area, and they're getting older now, but especially when they were littler, you can't, as a mom, just disconnect and disengage from your children or there are safety mm-hmm. hazards that can, you know, become an issue. But I feel like if I just need a minute, and sometimes it's been I've been like in tears over something or just a pressing need or I just needed to breathe, and I would just step into our garage, which is literally a door away from my kids, and I would just step out there and it's it's cool in there year round, of course, in the winter because we're in Alaska, it's cool. But it's actually, yeah, it stays about 50 degrees year round because we do have a garage heater. So it's, it's kind of cool. It's dark. It's like this, like you go from sensory overload to just it's dark, it's cool, it's enclosed. And I, feel, and I, I speak out loud. I feel like I can freely talk to God out loud there. And it's really powerful. Like I've, I've prayed some prayers where I've just been like, wow, like praying out loud here is there's power in it, speaking scripture and talking to God out loud and whatever else, crying, you know, laughing. <laughs> I'm trying to picture, isn't there a scene in the war room where she's like having this major breakthrough prayer and she's like screaming it out and her neighbor's watching, giving her yes. you know, like a funny look. <laughs> yes. So I can, I feel like it's soundproof, but wouldn't it be funny if like my little neighbor like was doing, you know, pretty much consistently heard me like yelling and, you know. So Jamie, how is your uncle or, you know, whatever (laughs) whatever it is you're praying about? I'm so glad you found breakthrough in that area of your life because, man, I was tired of hearing you yell. Uh Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So um, 
have you ever prayed in any place more unusual? Because that that's the next question we have on here. But honestly, like I, I do feel like a garage is kind of an unusual place. Do you have anything that beats a garage? I do. I just was thinking really? about this um, as we were preparing for this podcast episode. It brought to mind the bathroom stall. There was a job that I had, and there was a certain bathroom stall that I always went to. And if, I, if it was occupied, I almost felt gypped. Like when I would go to the bathroom, I would use that. And even if I didn't have to go to the bathroom, if I had something I needed to pray about or I was upset about or, you know, just wanted to, to be alone for a minute, I'd go to that bathroom stall in the ladies' room and it was something about being in that one place. And I think this is true of any prayer closet. There's something about being in that space. It's like Pavlov's dog where like the bell rings and the dog salivates. When you get to that place, your mind goes into like, okay, I'm in prayer mode now. And It's true. Yeah. yeah. I have made kind of a personal boundary that I don't read novels in my prayer chair. Hmm. Because for me, that feels like... It would be too easy. I just, I want to be totally compartmentalized that when I'm in that chair, it's time for me to really connect with the Lord, you know? Yeah, definitely. So that that's neat to know. Yeah, um, but I've, I've never had an anointed prayer stall, so I'm, I'm sorry. You know, someday I should go back there. You know, I think of speaking <laughs> See of if you could. I think of, well, I think of the, the, the woman in war room, Miss Clara sells her house at the end and this guy goes in and he's like, and, and he buys the house and he's like something about how the room feels different. The room feels different. And someone's been praying in here in her prayer closet. Wouldn't that be yeah. funny if that bathroom stall bathroom was anointed stall. and everybody that went to go to the bathroom in there. So you're going to hear a testimony. You're going to read it in like chicken soup for the soul in five years, how someone was, you know, about to end their life and they were on the floor crying and God appeared to them and saved them. And it's going to turn out it was in that stall. And that's in that stall, that is, that's an anointed stall. Anyway, I, I do aside. believe that some places do feel more hallowed. And, you know, I don't think we should carry this concept too far because we know right. that God is absolutely everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I have definitely been in places that feel more peaceful or that feel more conducive to just focusing and meditating on the Lord. And I, I couldn't pinpoint why they feel that way. They just do. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I think of, like um, one of the prayers that that I think is kind of a neat prayer to pray uh, for, whether it's like... Um, a teacher in their classroom or whether it's like a, a person, I don't know, I can't think of other examples, but teachers in classrooms is what I think of when I think of this, is praying that that, that room would, would feel like that, that there would be a presence of God there and just an, an anointing and a, like a, a, a presence and, and that it would be prayer filled, that it would, there would be a tangible sense of prayer, especially in places that, um, you know, wouldn't normally be considered a prayer closet for that person, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, this concept is why it's important, like when we do move into a new home, mm-hmm. that we actually go and pray through the rooms. Mm-hmm. And it's not a superstition. I think it's just a recognition that based on the history of a location, sometimes that does change the spiritual atmosphere. You know, like I think that sometimes the devil has physical strongholds in places that do require more prayer than others. You know what I mean? 
Well, do you have any unusual places that you've gone to pray? Unusual places. I had a favorite tree in college that I would climb and it had this like little perch <laughs> so I could like sit on and, and bring my journal and I felt kind of silly doing it. But, um, but that was a favorite place. It wasn't specific for prayer. I just liked being there. So no, I can't off the top of my head think of a really unusual place I've gone to pray. Although for a while, my husband was a pastor and we lived in a parsonage. And the church was just a few steps, like we shared a driveway with the church. And so sometimes I would go into the church at night just to get a little bit of quiet and pace the pews and pray there. So, you know, it's definitely not unusual to go to a church and pray, but it was kind of nice to have, you know, easy access to it whenever I wanted. Yeah, well, and it's kind of unusual to be in an empty church that nobody else is in. That's true. Kind of yeah. 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 And sometimes it would be late at night and I'd hear weird noises and get kind of scared. So yeah, there was that too. <laughs> All right. So I think most people understand that, yes, we need to carve out time to pray, but let's just go into some of the reasons why it sometimes can be just important to carve out a space to pray. And again, I don't want people to go overboard because God is everywhere. I'm not going to get struck by lightning if I'm sitting in my prayer chair reading a magazine, you know, or doing something like totally frivolous. But sometimes I feel like it can be really beneficial to our prayer lives to have a space carved out for prayer. And I, I think it's more for us than for anything, you know, spiritual or, um, you know, magical or something like that. But what are some some reasons that people might want to consider carving out a space that's kind of devoted specifically to prayer? Well, I think because it would be free from distractions. Because if you're, you know, I do a lot of just praying in my head, like while I'm doing dishes or driving around. But there's something about going somewhere and making time and prioritizing that time with God. That, and it does shut out the distractions. And um, I think we, I don't know where I heard this. I keep, this is like, I, I keep saying, I know where I heard this somewhere. So I'm sorry, whoever I didn't give credit to, but somewhere I was reading that, um, that it's important to also set, set a, not only a physical boundary when you're carving out that space, but a practical boundary, like being able to tell your children, please don't bother me when I'm mm -hmm. praying, that it's okay to, to set a verbal boundary around that. And I mean, that kind of takes us into Susanna Wesley's prayer closet. Um, <laughs> Which wasn't a closet. It wasn't a closet. Do you want to tell them about that? Because you're the one that told me about it. Yeah, I think it's, it's super cute. So Susanna Wesley is the mother of John and Charles Wesley, and I think 15 other kids. They had a very large family. And so both John and Charles grew up to be major movers and shakers in the um, – American Enlightenment, is that what you would call that time period, I think? I think so. Maybe it was in America. I don't think it was. In one of the major great movements of kind of contemporary or somewhat contemporary Christian history. I'm so botching this. It's okay. Backstory. We'll just go with the Enlightenment. Her, her boys were really good godly guys. <laughs> <laughs> She had a policy where, because she was so busy, and she was married to a pastor who would travel a lot, so often she was left home alone with the kids. 
and she had her apron on and what she would do is flip the apron skirt over her head and all of her kids knew from the itty bittiest that when mom has her apron over her head you do not bother her because mommy's praying and I love that I just feel like that's you know that's the essence of the prayer closet it, it doesn't have to be like literally shut the door but it's it's shut the door on distractions and it's letting others know that this is my space in time and space to pray and to be to make God a priority so I, I think just you're free from distractions and you're just you're prioritizing God and almost as an offering saying, look, God, I'm giving you my first fruits. I'm not just going to pray to you on the fly when I'm doing other things. I'm going to focus on you and give you the first fruits once in a while. Yeah. I had this regular routine before I would start writing a new book that I would, when we were living in the parsonage, go over to the church and spend the evening before just in prayer. And some of it was because I knew that if I was in my room, for example, where I kept my computer, I would be far too tempted to, you know, jump on my computer and look something up or, you know, jump right into work. So sometimes removing yourselves, removing yourself from the things you have to do, whether that's, you know, housework or whatever it is, where you're somewhere else where you couldn't um, jump into work even if you wanted to. So one of my favorite things back when we still lived in Anchorage and life was crazy hectic and our kids were way younger at that point. So I was far busier just keeping up with very active little kids. My very favorite part of the entire year, or at the very least, the uh, quietest part of my year was it was usually the day before Christmas Eve and we would all drive to Target and my husband would take the kids and the shopping cart and they would each get to pick out a Christmas present for me. And I got to sit in the little Starbucks uh, counter with my Bible and my prayer journal. And there were years, and those of you who have little kids who remember the season of having little kids can understand when I say that was literally the calmest and most quiet hour I got every year. <laughs> Yes. And sometimes it wasn't even a full hour. It was like 45 minutes, but it still felt so refreshing. And one thing I loved about it was I couldn't do anything but pray or read my Bible. You know, it wasn't like I felt like, oh, I should be doing the dishes or I should be doing this. There were no interruptions at all and nothing I could be doing other than just sitting there. That's very neat. And it can be a good excuse to go to Starbucks or your local coffee shop. Just, you know, <laughs> but For it sure. is, no, but it, it really is. That's it's having, if you can afford that kind of time, even asking for help from your spouse to, to have, you know, if you feel that you need that, Hey, would you mind if once a week I got up extra early and went to a coffee shop or, you know, sitting inside of your car when it's parked in your driveway, I've heard of people doing that. You might've even, even been the one that told me you've done that before where you just, somebody was telling me that they went into their car and it was parked and it was, they didn't leave the house, but they just sat right. in their car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, no, that wasn't me because if it was me, I would have to be pacing. I'm such a pacer <laughs> when I do stuff like that. That's why going on the trails with the dog is so nice for me. Yes. But um, I do want to add just not quite a disclaimer, but just a word of caution that I think sometimes you could go overboard and get too dependent on 
your prayer space. You mm-hmm. know, I could see some people or some personality types latching on to this idea of a prayer closet and getting to where they feel like the only time they can pray well is when they're in their prayer closet. And I don't think that's the case for sure. And I also don't feel like this needs to be like an everyday part of your morning ritual or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, you know. So, for example, I'm I'm kind of guessing here, but I don't think you regularly make time to go to the garage. It's more of like when there's a pressing need and you just sort of need that. Yes, it's not my, I don't have garage time. I have yeah. usually like, I. It's, it's usually a very spontaneous prayer closet when I'm just in the middle of everything and I need to get away for a minute, but it's not planned out and it's not every day or even every week. Right. That's how it was for me in going to the church. You know, it was yeah. usually before I started a new book and then sometimes as necessary. Um, I think sometimes when we get into the topic of praying, we can say, okay, this is a good thing. Therefore, I should do it every single day. And that can just be overwhelming if you're trying to do every single good thing every single day, you know. So I consider this idea of a prayer closet great if you have a regular place to go, but also very effective if you're just holding on to it as a to use as needed kind of option. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in our list of why carving out space is important, um, one of the things that I had thought was that it's harder to procrastinate when you have this space, but it could also make it easier to procrastinate if you don't have time to sit down in that space or to go for that walk or to sit in that garage or that car to procrastinate prayer. And there, like you said, there's a big, there's a balance. So there needs to be, it's okay not, not to have that to rely on and and to just do those shout out prayers while you're cooking or doing the dishes. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that phrase, shout out prayers. Did you coin that? I don't know. I might, I don't know. That's pretty nice. You should get that (laughs) trademark to make it. (laughs) Yes. Along with prayer prayer procrastination. I love it. So, you know, we're talking about where busy women go to pray. And the truth is, yeah, most of us are busy, but some truly are busier than others. And we wanted to just take a moment to address some of those issues because there are seasons of life in a woman's life and there are therefore consequently seasons of prayer. And so especially, you know, like if you're a mom with super little kids, you might get that one hour at Target a year and enjoy that hour instead of feeling guilty that it's just once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any advice specifically for women who might be way busier than the average Christian women, Jamie? To to establish a prayer closet that's easy to get to, you know, that's that's something and, and that is something that um, that doesn't require separation from your young children. Like the apron. You might not put your apron over your head, but um, maybe it's putting earbuds in, even if your child's crying and you're trying to get them to sleep or, you know, whatever it is, um, and and listening to worship music while you pray um, or, you know, just something where creatively you can be physically with your children, but still in a place where you're worshipful and and praying and and thinking outside that box. Yeah, and I think creative is a good way to put it. Sometimes you do need to be creative in carving out the space for prayer. Um, There was another another, Oops. Go ahead. Well, there was another thing um, 
that I heard recently in a totally different context, but having a rule about when your kids can come out of their room in the morning. Um, I know several people that have done that. I've never done that successfully, but if you could have a rule for, you know, obviously some of your children are too young to know that, but if you have older children, you could say, Hey, eight o'clock is when you come out of your room or seven o'clock is when you come out of your room and you carve out time of your own in your own room um, where you can have quiet time so that you know that up until that time, you don't have interruptions. That, that's another right. I think that's helpful, yeah, because we definitely recognize that sometimes in the life of a woman, you are really bound to the house, whether that's, you know, caring for little kids or, you know, maybe you're a caretaker or, you know, I know of a foster family who has a foster child who really just can't be left alone. Like they're of an age where theoretically they could be, but practically they, they just can't be left even in a room right. supervised. That's where it does take some creativity for sure. Um, I loved your story of the bathroom socks. I feel like this could actually work kind of well if you're in like the corporate world, do you think? Yes, I definitely do. Yeah, where, you know, if you Carving can't out, get away... You know, yeah, pick a favorite bathroom stall <laughs> or, you know, the break room or maybe if you have to go make copies somewhere or the water cooler, I don't know, anywhere that you that you find that's a place of refuge where mostly people aren't and you can just use that as kind of a mental cue of, okay, this is a place in my workspace. You could even be doing work if there's quiet work that you can be doing on your own where you, or on your lunch break, there's a place you can go, you know where you can just set that boundary and, and think of it as, even if it's not a, an official closet, um, that, that could become a prayer closet for you if you're in the Yeah, or anytime you're traveling like from one spot to another, even if it's literally just walking down the hall, mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of train your, your mind. I love how you tied in Pavlov's dogs to the prayer room. You know, you can get to the point where you just train yourself that when you're in that hall, you lift up a prayer to God and kind of like me and my prayer box. Like I said, I'm not praying like with a hundred percent focus a hundred percent of the time, but it still has that quality of being in fellowship with God, with being relaxing. And, you know, so even if all you have is like a 10 second walk from this room to that room, um, that could be a great, great time to just offer up a quick, you know, prayer to the Lord. I think one more one more group of people in addition to, you know, we talked about moms with kids, people that are caring for sick or elderly family members, people in the corporate world, um, people that are struggling with um, chronic illnesses or chronic pain or just situations where they might have a lot of time on their hands, um, but it, it might not, they might not have the, um, the ability to focus all the time. And, you know, do you have any, any ideas for people that are struggling with that, where they feel like their prayer lives are suffering because of illness or just, you know, inability to, to focus a good bit of the time? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I think that if there is any advice, the first one really is to be gentle mm-hmm. with yourself. It is very hard to pray and maintain focus when you are in chronic pain or you have chronic fatigue issues. Even if you're just sick with a flu, it is hard to maintain the kind of focus that it takes to have 
a very abundant prayer life. And so even though, like Jamie, you said, you know, you might have time on your hands and feel like you should be devoting a bunch of that time to prayer, mm-hmm. it is way okay to just recognize that right now at this point in time, your spirit is inside a body. And sometimes when that body is not functioning up to ideal capacity, it's just not going to be able to do as much as you might think you should. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I love the story. I am pretty sure it was Hudson Taylor's sister. It was one of the, you know, like main fathers of the modern missions movement who had a sister who was bedridden and did spend that time focused on prayer. And a lot of the breakthroughs her brother experienced on the mission field were as a result of her prayers. So, you know, it's kind of a double-sided coin. One is to be gentle with yourself and not to beat yourself up for not praying as much as you might want. But another is to realize you do have an amazing opportunity and ability to impact change in the world, even if you never leave your room. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one more piece of advice might be to just, you know, it's totally fine to, during times where you can't focus on prayer on your own, to make use of things like the Bible on tape or listening to worship music or things like that. Did you want to add something, Jamie? No, I I think I'm I'm all uh, all ideaed out. <laughs> You're ideaed out. All right. Well, we would love to be in touch with you, and we actually put together a prayer journal that you can use, and we're offering it to you guys at prayingchristianwomen.com/journal. This will take you through 30 days of kind of guided prayer exercise and journaling. And it's totally free. So again, that link is prayingchristianwomen.com journal. And we really hope that it is a resource that will bless you. And now we'll leave you with your blessing and benediction. May God fill your heart with greater joy than all the world could ever offer. May he fill you with joy in his presence. May God himself be your joy and your delight. Through sorrow and sadness, may the joy of the Lord be your strength. May the Holy Spirit himself anoint you with the oil of joy and gladness to strengthen and encourage your spirit this day and forevermore. And our benediction is from Psalm 121, verses 7 and 8. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Amen.